0: Hi, I'm Mike Allen, Head of Research at Zeus, and today I'm talking about what we see as the key themes in the UK automotive property sector for 2023, with Bill Bexon, Director of Automotive for Savills. Bill's been a very valuable contact for me for some time and is a leading commentator on the UK property market. Along with his team, he has offered many interesting reports on the sector as he views the industry through his unique lens as he seeks to make property work
1: for both his dealership and institutional clients. Bill, good afternoon. Afternoon, Mike, and thank you very much for asking me to join you. Um, It's been a very interesting journey starting something like 30 odd years ago uh, when I made a career, well, I was introduced actually to a sort of career changing uh, meeting with the then head of market representation at Ford Motor Company. And emanating from that, he introduced me and with his colleagues to many of the leading players in the automotive market. And it's just things that just carried on from there. And now I head up Savile's automotive team following their acquisition of automotive property consultancy in January. And to be frank, joining up with Savills has been transformational, being part of a business with over 700 owned and associate offices worldwide, employing more than 40,000 people in over 70 countries, and with over 9,000 staff spread across 151 offices in the UK. That provides a heck of a lot of real estate coverage. And we wanted to be part of that. And then to be able to deliver to our clients and contacts a truly supercharged service and share the energy of that experience with them along the way. The property data that Savills have is is fantastic. For example, we can tell at the press of a button the availability of power to any given area, which is Mm -hmm. crucial in today's EV-centric world. And the property ownership details, which when linked to our own transactional data, enables us to dynamically price property Pretty much the press of a button.
0: Wow, that's a, that's really interesting, Bill. And I guess you know, without further ado, we should get into the key themes. And you you recently published a investment market report uh, under the under the Sables banner. So perhaps. Um, you, uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll draw out some of the key themes from that report, and that report we'll provide in the in the footnotes as well to this to this podcast, so investors and listeners alike can can look at that in more detail. But I guess I'll just kick off, Bill, in terms of your outlook for the car dealership yields in 2023, and maybe you could give us some context in terms of where they've been since the outbreak of COVID in 2020.
1: Yeah, certainly. I'll start off by saying I think the story is very positive. We find that the best place to look for value guidance is in the more transparent investment property market. And 2022 was a fundamentally robust year for the car dealership industry. And this was reflected by average property yield movements. Yield, incidentally, is the multiplier that we apply to the actual or notional rent for any particular asset. and across all commercial property sectors, started to stabilise towards the end of last year. The pricing for the general car dealership investment market has been ebbing and flowing in recent years, reflecting the wider economy. There was, though, a distinctly different narrative between the first and second halves of 2022 for the car dealership market. Overall, yields for the longer term income or or prime investments were affected more than they were for the shorter term income yields. With the all average dealership yield across transactions for the past 10 years at 6.27% and the latest five years at 5.98%. If in comparison, we look at 2022, it was around 6%.
0: No, that's fascinating. I guess, you know, the robustness of the yields might really reflect some of the um, robustness in in Cardi, the profitability that we've seen, particularly coming out of COVID as well. Um, So so, so it's interesting just to see those those two dynamics. Um, And contained within your report, you also have a really interesting chart in terms of showing the total value of properties sold since 2008. Um, it was a very clear peak of caring in 2014, according to your data. Could you maybe outline what the driver was behind that and whether you think this will continue on an upward trend that we've seen since 2019? Particularly, I'm just thinking about the emergence of agency models coming through certain brands as well.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely can respond to that, Mike. I think, as you say, uh, property yields for car dealership investments will reflect the robustness and the performance of car dealers own uh, financial results. Our chart in a similar way mirrors really the property cycle, but it's worth noting that 2022 was actually the best year in investment sales volumes since 2014, with 371 million uh, car dealership investments transacted, which is well above the 10 year annual average 258 million. You ask about 2014, 2014 was a standout year in volume and value of car dealership investment transactions simply Mm. because a very large single portfolio was transacted that year uh, which was the sale of a substantial amount of uh, properties leased to Pendragon and so that does slightly distort the figure but (laughs) You might ask why uh, why do why do the investment yields that we have look so strong? And I think that's because we feel car dealerships offer strong investment credentials, you know particularly when set against wider property market uncertainty. Yeah. And we have shift, see we sorry, we have seen a shift in buyer profile most recently, whereby dealers themselves, often funded by their OEM partners, have been buying in the properties.
0: Interesting. That's fascinating, Bill. And how do you explain to your end clients the rapid change that we're seeing in the industry and likely to see in the future? I mean, we've talked about the case framework for a few years at length before. Um, We're seeing a distinctive sea change towards EVs as well. And I know you, you featured that in your recent research report. But perhaps you could give us a little bit of perspective here in terms of how you relay this kind of rapid change in the industry to your to your clients and, and how that translates into uh, property values etc
1: yeah happily mike i can do that but let me just revisit your previous question because i don't think i fully answered you on your point about agency and you know we do see that agency represents a transitional stage you know, in the market and as I understand it, the customer will now have the opportunity to place the order directly with the OEM and the dealer become the conduit for delivery of the product to the consumer. Well, obviously this is going to have an impact on dealership property. You know, we're already hearing stories that dealers are going to be, you know, they will not have to display so many new cars and that is going to reduce showroom space which opens up the opportunities principally for multi-franchising and this presents a broader opportunity, I think, for dealers to reposition their property, perhaps through expanding the franchise base or in some cases unlocking alternative use value. I think resulting from this impending change and the broader market consolidation, we are seeing dealership sites coming up for sale for alternative use. However, despite this consolidation, it's quite clear to me and my colleagues that the dealership remains the focal point for the sale and distribution of cars. And there's clear evidence of consumers staying loyal to the physical alongside using the online sales counterpart you know they're basically going online Uh, we hear lots of stories of uh, consumers arriving at dealerships you know further up the buy curve so the omnichannel approach does seem to be the way for the future
0: we've seen through various verticals that if consumers are going to move towards EV they need that physical contact and education because it is a big jump to to switch from an ice to an EV car so I think, you know, the best retailers that we've seen both in the UK and the US have adopted this bricks and clicks approach and, you know, centered around the customer journey and how the customer wants it. So that feels pretty consistent with what you're relating in in your world of property as well.
1: Yeah. Um, and, And we discussed EVs and I mean, real estate will play an imperative role in 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 the mass adoption of evs yeah. i mean if to put this into perspective apparently there are something of the order of 40 to 50,000 public charging points across the uk yeah. but by 2030 a landmark year when the sale of new ice vehicles will be banned the smmt predict that 2.3 million public charges will be needed yeah. okay so I guess domestic charging will play a key role, but 40% of the UK population do not have dedicated off-street parking. And therefore, the importance of utilising commercial real estate to provide EV charging is, frankly, blindingly obvious. So, you know, in this context, it will be, you know, EVs and EV charging will have a huge influence on the future utilisation and configuration of dealership property. Clearly, public charger rollout is well off course, and OEMs realise this, so we are seeing increasing pressure from OEMs on their dealer counterparts to introduce more charging infrastructure to their dealership property to support the future charging. This incurs capital expenditure, it can be costly, and uh, dealers are not very happy about the potential loss of used car car used car display parking so yeah. it's clear to me in any event that to support the automotive industry in ev adoption the wider commercial property sphere will need to be more integrated you know to provide public charging across more property sectors
0: yeah yeah, absolutely. I guess we could talk about changing the industry all day, really, as, as we often have in the in the pub or over a glass of wine at lunch. But just just switching to kind of rising interest rates and, you know, how you see your clients cope with that and what you think it, it will do to near and long term dealership property values. What, what type of conversations are you having now with um, with your clients about the impact of rising interest rates?
1: Well, I would say, despite the, the the obvious economic headwinds that we all see and read about, at property level, we're not seeing any discernible decline in occupier interest. Um, and typically, from my experience in inflationary environments, real estate performs robustly. Yeah. And furthermore, Mike, as we've discussed earlier, The car dealership market is not being impacted as definitively as as other consumer-based sectors. Underlying occupational activity has proven resilient. Dealerships continue to report strong returns and trading conditions, albeit profitability is being tempered by rising interest, energy costs, and inflation. But the latest indicators are that. Inflation is starting to to stabilise and head back towards its long term targets.
0: Yeah, 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 and uh, hopefully we, we've got a bit of uh, stability in sight on on interest rates now that we that we possibly didn't have this time last year. So um, so that's good. And as you say, you're in the the, the long term property game, and 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 people make these decisions on a on a 15 20 year view, I guess. I just on Energy costs, bill. You, you touched on that before, um, and we, we've seen a number of our clients take a long-term view and put solar panels on their properties. Um, do you think this will ultimately add value to the, to the the properties? And what else do you think dealers need to consider to future-proof their properties? Of, you know, you know, to protect future long-term values. Um, and also, again, you've touched on this before in terms of inflationary pressures. Um, but do you think such spend can be delayed or, or or can it be done periodically over the next couple of years?
1: Well, Mike, uh, along with your other questions, this is a big issue uh, for, for property uh, and a big issue for uh, car dealerships. There is very, very definitely a notable shift in focus towards ESG features on property. Yeah. And not only will dealers benefit from... Um, you know, energy improvements and 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 other activities you know, such as saving costs from renewable energy features. We do think that they will see quantifiable uplifts in value to their property through making these improvements. Yeah. If if we were, if we were to go back a few years, flood risk was seen as the key consideration. Yeah. Um, but now there are other sustainability measures. Many of us have heard of BRIAM. know a greater regard to alternative sustainable property characteristics is being established elements like lighting heating waste management systems water usage and even health and well-being of buildings are feeding into property prices you know if we overlay that mike there are mandatory sustainable sustainability standards and guidance and best practice directions for valuing property. There is significant interest in green and sustainable buildings, and we anticipate green premiums will be and are being applied to buildings with notable levels of sustainability or brown discounts, and pricing can factor in expenditure required to bring a property up to standards. So if you're not up to standards, essentially an allowance is made against your price to bring it up to standards. So, you know, when you look at that, you then have to consider, well, hold on a minute, how easy is it to install all of these facilities? How easy is it to meet the standards? Uh, You know, it's not only expensive to the property holder, but it may not be even possible. I mean, you mentioned solar panels. To install this feature, it requires, you know, drilling through the roof. You know, the roof doesn't belong to the tenant. You know, yeah. it belongs to the landlord. He, he might not be so happy to do that. And sometimes, with older properties, the roofs may simply not be suitable to to house solar panels. And of course, the landlord, where the you know the dealer doesn't own the property, may want to put the solar panels on himself. So. Um, delivering greening objectives can come with significant costs and it's unclear to me anyway whether dealers are likely to receive much in the way of financial support from their manufacturers towards retrofitting dealerships with such initiatives but you know there is a clear opportunity for the automotive industry to save on energy costs and to look beyond just uh, EVs uh, in in the move to a wider net zero objective
0: yeah no, that, that's fascinating bill and you know really appreciate your time on this today to give us a unique uh, insight into your world of property and, and automotive um if, if our listeners want to kind of get in touch uh, we'll, we'll leave the report in, in the show notes but what, what's the best way to get hold of you if they need any advice etc
1: well, please just email me, at savils.com. That's the easiest way, and I'll get back to you. And I think, Mike, in closing, you'd expect me to be a property champion, so uh, it would be uh, it, it would be remiss of me not to emphasise that one of the great things about the car dealership property market uh, in its presentation. In particular to the property market rather than necessarily the dealership market is its uncorrelated nature you know the performance of what goes on inside these dealerships is not necessarily a mirror image of the broader economic picture and this we feel is not always fully understood and the resilient revenue that that dealerships emanate. and bear in mind from a pure property play you know, you're your rental stability is linked to the profitability and affordability of the operation that's happening uh, inside those buildings. You know, we definitely see car dealerships as a safe haven for money's in, you know, for people's investment monies at this moment in time.
0: That's great. Well, I look forward to seeing you at the next industry event, Bill. Thanks very much again. Pleasure. This content is issued by Zeus Capital Limited, which is authorised and regulated in the United Kingdom by the Financial Conduct Authority, a designated investment business and is a member firm of the London Stock Exchange. Nothing in this podcast should be viewed as investment advice. Listeners should consult an investment professional before making any decisions regarding topics mentioned in this podcast. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and not of Zeus. Please note that participants in this podcast may have financial interests in the matters discussed.